Mate, see, see, honestly, mate, watching that game, how shite were we? <laughs> Fuck me. <I> know. <laughs> that's, that, is, that is, I think, genuinely. Mate, I'm not even going to beat around the bush, right? Like, I, I've been quite confident, like, all week, like, uh, like, we could challenge for the league and that. We were fucking miles off. Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week are Rhys Haldane. Rhys, hello. How are you? Not bad, boys. How how you doing? I assume he's only too good, just like myself, but we move. No, we've, we've been better. Uh, Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, how are you? Oh, great, man. That was utter shite. <laughs> uh, David Forrest is here. David, hello. What a time to be alive. I will start with uh, with today's game for us, Saturday's game while you're listening. We've obviously just lost at home to Peterhead. Where do we start? Jamie, I'll come to you first. Attacking-wise, it's really not happening at the moment. We just look so impotent in the final third. Where's it all going wrong for us? There's so many things that are going wrong. Uh, The final ball was dreadful, as per usual. Keeps hitting off the first man. No matter who put the balls in today, I thought they were all terrible. They're either overpowered or not enough power on them whatsoever. Uh, corners were about the only thing that I thought we were threatening from a little bit in the second half. But as per usual, we just screw it up. Goes easy chance, we put it wide, gets deflected. We just do not have that clinical edge about us, and it's just it's just embarrassing to watch it. I mean, no disrespect to Peterhead, we should not be losing one 0 to them at home. It's absolutely tragic. I mean, we've got the biggest budget in this league, and here we are losing one 0 to Peterhead. We've lost one 0 to play. We just keep. We just keep messing up, and we drew now now against the Bayern. I mean, oh fucking hell, it's just it's horrid to watch. We cannot score goals for some reason, and Brian Graham has been miles off it since missing that penalty against the Bayern. Zach Rudden, I mean, he added a little bit today, but he didn't look that dangerous. I know he's just back, but I mean, I have the fear that he's already going to somehow be injured again just because he played a game. Fuck, it's just so frustrating to watch. We've got no clinical edge whatsoever. Reese, we've failed to score in four out of nine league games this season. Where do you think the problems are? Is it with the system we're playing? Is it with the personnel we've got on the pitch? What do you think needs to change? Well, I think it's the system we're playing, actually. And we seem to be playing... We've got a plan, eh? We play all of our players down the right-hand side with Cardo and Williamson. And when that doesn't work, we've not got a plan B. We're fucked. Because you can tell after 20 minutes whether or not we're going to score. Uh, and obviously today, Cardo and Williamson had absolutely no joy. They were both... Both ineffective and couldn't get couldn't get started. Bear in mind going so, oh, and Graham like he's had bad days. He barely even touched the ball today. Graham was brutal today, and when Graham doesn't score, nobody else chips in. So I think it's good we got to see Rudden back out today. But every time we've seen him, although he looks a bit lively, man, he, his touching that wasn't great. But obviously he's been out injured, so that will come. Oh, but today was terrible, man. Like I was a wee bit worried coming into the game because. I actually like Peterhead's team. They've got a, a lot of good guys, that, good players that have played at higher levels in that, but they struggle with consistency, as you've seen with a lot of their recent results. That's why they're down there in the table. It's absolutely thistle, man. I know, I know we're saying off air, 
like all day we were fucking brutal. Like we, you know we weren't going to create anything. Like every ball, as Jamie said, was over hit or under hit. We couldn't string two passes together. Bad day at the office, man. I think what you said, Reese, about you can tell after twenty minutes if we're going to score or not. You're dead right. As soon as Peter had scored today, I think we all said in the group chat it was touch and go if we equalise, but we're, we're not confident that we're going to score two and get back in it. And I've seen that in all our games this season. I know Jamie's mentioned it a few times. We've, we've not scored more than three in a game since we scored five at Rugby Park five years ago. We've just got no attacking flair. And you've seen it in the last two home games. We have lots of the ball. But watching them after about 20 minutes, you never feel like we're going to score. I thought we started actually really well today in the first 20 minutes. Like, Although we weren't breaking them down, we had a lot of the ball and we were we're showing a, showing a lot of creative intent but as I've mentioned like everything's on the right hand side we've got nobody going through the middle I thought Conor Murray was poor again today it doesn't create a lot for me um, we need a guy that can dribble off the ball past a few players so well, it wasn't good enough and as soon as you, as, as we say like when we lose a goal this season we've shown a couple of times that we can come back from a goal but it wasn't happening today we could have played another 90 minutes and still not scored I'm with you on Conor Murray recently I think it's the same for Joe Cardle and Shea Gordon, I said earlier on in the season, they have one good game and then three or four bad ones, but it's been even worse than that, really. Each of them have had maybe one or two good games and six or seven bad ones. This is exactly what happened to Falkirk last season. They screwed up in a couple of games. I think they lost against Clyde like two or three times. They never made that ground up on Rafe the whole season. Never got back in front. See our good run as well. Like We started off with all the hard fixtures, and let's be honest, we weren't great bar Airdrie. Falkirk, we got a point, which could, could actually turn out to be a good result. We lost to Clyde and um, we lost to Cove, right? So that was a poor start. And the good run has consisted of the easier games. With no disrespect, we should be beaten. Peterhead is meant to be one of the, the easier games. I actually think they're a good team, but we should still be beating them regardless. So when it comes down to the tougher games, which we're heading into now, this is going to see how, how we actually pan out for the rest of the season. David, I'll bring you in. You're probably the calmest of the, the five men on the podcast. But even when we were watching the game together this afternoon, you were getting exasperated by what you were seeing. What were your thoughts on the performance and the result this afternoon? I mean, like, I mean, I, I've, I've talked before about how I don't especially get angry by Thistle games because I'm just, I'm just used to the shite. If you know what I mean, I'm used to this getting beat. It doesn't really kill me inside like other people or whatever. I'm, I'm just so used to it by now. But yeah, even I by the end was just like. You know what? What are we doing? The the thing that the thing that broke me with it was when Graham went down and obviously had the head knock. Obviously, that's very concerning. You know that our, our main striker is out and we've only got Zach. We need to rely on Zach Rudd not getting injured possibly for the next couple of weeks. But to, to bring on Reese Breen, a centre back, when you're one 0 down to Peter Head, it just boggles the mind. We we just can't score goals. And like, and I know that's a recurring theme with us over the years. So I'm just not being able to score goals, but. It's laughable how much we can't score goals. Like really, really bad. We if we could put chances away, we we would be ahead of Falkirk in the league. Because if you look at games like Dumbarton, if you look at games like this, like in the Dumbarton one we had chances. This one we had chances as well. Like that one where they just spilt the ball and it was just out in the open by the post and somehow didn't um go in. It's just we so we had quite a lot of chances here that should have went in and didn't, and it's not even at all hard lines, you know, the fact the keeper played a blinder there. And it was just it's just what what can you put what can you do? Like do you, do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it, it just boggles the mind. I just don't get it. David, you mentioned the the Reese Breen sub, which I think McCall was sort of out of options and he's probably just putting the tallest man on because the ball was bobbing about the box a lot in the dying stages. But even the subs today, 
we took Penrice off, we took Bannigan off, and it's obviously easy to say with hindsight that, that they were the wrong decisions. But even at the time, leaving Foster on the pitch, a defensive fullback, and taking Penrice off, and taking Bannigan off, and sort of leaving yourself a bit short in midfield when Doherty probably didn't have his best day, and Bannigan actually looked all right today. They, they just weren't the right subs, and you could tell at the time. Jamie, do, do you agree? What did you make of the subs today? Did, did not make any sense. I don't understand. I mean, unless there was some injury involved, we didn't look like he was injured. Why take off Bannigan? Why take off Penrice? I like Joe Cardo, but he should have come off today. He was he did not have a good day game today. He should have come off the Lions. And I don't no clue why Penrice was taken off instead. And I don't know why Bannigan was taken off. I just don't understand the subs. Cardo should have been taken off. Conor Murray, rightly so, was taken off. And oh, I don't know. You can just, I guess you could decide who else. Maybe take off Foster and move Penrice into left back, then bring on um, Rudden. But the subs were wrong today, and if Caldwell had made those subs, like say say if this was last season under Caldwell at the start, and then he made those subs, everyone would be like absolutely burning into him. And I I am still on a call back up, but I mean those subs they were the wrong subs again. It's not the first time this season that we've brought up McCall on subs. I mean look at Caldwell Wayne, he didn't make any subs. We ended up losing the game one 0 today, the wrong subs. We've lost the game one 0 It's not the first time that he's made the wrong decision with subs. And do the team line up? It needs to get changed next week. I don't think that system. It's working as well as it could. We should go a little bit more attacking, I think. And, man, I hope Graham's not injured. Even though he's not been at his best, we cannot rely on Zach Rudden, who literally is the most unreliable striker we've had for fitness in a while, to be the one we rely on for fitness. See, touching back on what David said about if we could convert chances, we'd be up there. It's true because we've got the best like holding midfielders in the league. We could keep the ball for days, but we just don't know what to do with it. And I don't think the problem is down to the strikers as much. I know that Graham's been off it and Zach Rudd's been out injured, Salim has been out injured, but what three strikers are you going to get better than that in this division? I can't think of who you're going to bring in that's better than those three. I just think we need a more creative 10 and maybe even a winger or something or give Blair Lions more game time. I don't know. I'm really struggling for new options and ways to break down teams because it's just not working. So, so McCall's got that. a tough job in his hands. So. Saying that, have we had a one-on-one this season, as in a striker against a keeper, on a one-on-one? Yeah, Brian Graham. Brian Graham against his five, That's pretty much it. Like, we, exactly don't, we don't ever have our strikers in front of the defenders on, on goal with a goalkeeper. We've had one against his five, and that's it. We're always just unable to get past defenders. We're always having to try and do mental gymnastics to try and fucking get around them or cross the ball and lump it over, and it doesn't work. It's just, it just doesn't work. It's been work. like that for years. Part of that, teams when they play against us do sit deep, but we we definitely need to find new ways of, of breaking teams down because just, I know me and Mantry had a sort of disagreement about the crossing this afternoon, but the crossing is not working, whether you blame the crosser or the men in the middle. Getting the ball wide is a tactic in this league with one striker is not going to work because teams are packing the box out. We had nobody that was willing to run with the ball today. Everybody that got it was just looking for a man and we couldn't string two passes together. Nobody could take a proper touch. We were brutal, mate. Like actually, people were scared of the ball; they were hiding. See, when it comes to the goals, like another thing that's just shown you like the massive impact of it. Uh, Montrose are above us now; they've gone into second, and they've conceded 14 goals. We've conceded six, I think, if I'm right. We've conceded six, second least in the league, uh, just apart from Falkirk. But they're sitting above us; they've conceded over double the amount we have. But then again, they scored; they scored 15, I think. It just shows you that they're even though they're conceding, they're, they're scoring up the other end. Whereas we can, if we concede, we just don't seem to score up the other end. If we concede, we just seem to shut down, and it just keeps happening. We go one nil down, the team just shuts down. They become scared of the ball. They just don't want to. No one has a pop shot. No one has a shot at goal. A player we had last season who kind of you know 
papered over the cracks of that a little bit was Reese Cole because he would just have a shot. He'd have a shot goal there for good delivery. He kind of papered over the cracks last season. We just don't have that this season. I think Declan Glass would have been that, but we just don't have it. See, when we played Dumbarton a couple of weeks ago and it was nil nil, and a few people came away and went, "Oh, how good was Dabrowski and goals for Dumbarton today? He was rotten. He spilled everything." Bad. And I totally agree. I think if Reese Cole is available, we should go and get him or somebody like that. You're right. Somebody take shots. Put these goalkeepers, put these defenders under pressure. Because at the moment, we're making it too easy for them. Just crossing balls in aimlessly is what centre-halves want in this league. On you go, Reece. How many times did you see today where like Penrice was getting the ball outside the box and Arcado was getting the ball outside the box or Banzo? We don't have any players, as you said, who can take a shot. And if they can, they're so one-footed that they're scared to take it on their weak foot. Everything gets shifted onto their good foot. And by that time, the chance is gone. The ball's been played out wide. And we're trying to like back out to... Plan A again to cross it into the box, and the crosses as today were off it, mate. Brian Game was hanging about outside the box. We made them look good today. They're an absolute gang. Like they've just got big guys and they put themselves about. Like they're all older on that. So we made them look good by we were we were feared to go and play our own game today. Even though we've got a good defensive record, I always feel I don't know if it's just me who thinks this. There's at least a one big game uh, costing mistake and. In our team, every single game, because we just switched off at the back. You look at the Cove game when Doherty gave the ball. It seems to, and then against against Falkirk, no one reacted to that ball that just like looked off Williamson into the box. I just swear, there's always something that's just going to cost us points, and there's always got this big stupid mistake in us. And we had that last season, and this season we just we haven't shaken it. We just seem to have a game costing mistake every every time. We just have it in us. Joining us this week, making his debut on the podcast, is Thistle fan Rhys Jenkins, who's going to take a tactical look at Saturday's defeat against Peterhead. It's fighting on Saturday, my programme's in my hand, with my scarf for red and yellow in the Jackie husband stand. The Burhill fans go crazy when onto the pitch they run. The Thistle team will do its best and so sings everyone. We're now joined by Rhys Jenkins, who's going to have a look at Saturday's game from a tactical point of view. Rhys, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hi, not too bad, not too bad. What about yourself? I'm good, thanks. What did you make, tactically-wise, of the first half and the way that Ian McCall set the team up? Well, I thought that it started out, it was all quite frantic at first. I thought um, I actually missed the first 10 minutes of live, so I've gone back and watched it. And um, I, I thought it started quite frantically, but as the half went on and we kind of we kind of started trying to sustain some pressure, uh, I thought it was clear that we had um, basically we were start building with a three at the back kind of almost. So we'd have uh, we had Foster as the left of that, we had Senna on the right and Brownlee in the middle. And um, I thought that I saw Penrice and Williamson were providing all the width, and uh, it was quite a lot of the time Brownlee was stepping out kind of to give another option and find a pass into midfield. And uh, yeah, basically, I thought a problem with problem with the first half was a lot of our a lot of our um, attacks were basically ending with a cardinal delivery or a shot, and he wasn't on his it wasn't on his game really, and uh, it basically meant that we were struggling to kind of create stuff. You said that we were building up with three at the back with Foster tucking in as a third centre back. Do you see us as a three at the back with the ball and a four at the back without the ball? Yeah, pretty much. I think it wasn't clear the whole half, but I thought. When we were playing our best football, that was that was kind of what we were doing. I tweeted about it in my Twitter's at Jenky with uh, three underscores after it, 
Um, I basically uh, I thought that we'd have Foster tucking in, and you'd have the kind of three, and then with Williamson and uh, Penrice kind of like as the widest options, and then you'd have Graham's obviously your kind of target man in the middle, uh, with Murray and Cardo are sort of buzzing around behind them. Uh, they were kind of they were quite flexible in terms of it wasn't like Cardo was stuck to the right hand side of them. There was quite a lot of a lot of movement there. Um, I thought Murray, you know, it's Murray out quite a lot earlier on as well, dropping in behind him to try and pick up the ball. Uh, so it's not like as much as we're playing a four four two, and that's what you'll kind of see when you see the team sheet. I don't think it's as clear as that because I think it's uh, pretty pretty obvious that Graham's the sort of the main man, and then you've got Murray and Cardo as to sort of not to not to be too cliched, but the sort of big men, small men. They've got the two guys kind of doing the doing the running, doing the kind of like technical work, and Graham was kind of the focal point. How did you see our formation evolve as the game went on, as we became more desperate for a goal? So I thought in the second half, we saw Foster sort of, that role sort of changed. He wasn't really doing the tucking in. He was sort of getting on, trying to be a sort of attacking left back. And rather than being sort of tucked centre half. Uh, and I thought that, I, I mean, I thought it affected our build-up play because we basically ended up with um, Foster being up and you had Senna and Brownlee as the two as the two building and they have one less option there. So if you think about it, if they're, if uh, Peter Head in the second half, they're defending their own half. They're not one. They're not worried about our half. So they're they're defending it. So you have uh, Senna and Brownlee there, and basically they'll get pressured up to the halfway line, and they don't really have that other option. They're having to find a more a more difficult pass to progress the ball, basically. And um, I just thought it kind of hampered our sort of recycling of possession, which if you don't if you can't recycle possession, it's kind of hard to sustain pressure on them. Yeah, I thought. Uh, that if we if we could see a bit more of Bannigan or Doherty, so uh, basically if you if Foster's wanting to get forward and attack a bit more, if that's what the manager's wanting to do, maybe I've maybe seen uh, Banzo dropping in or Do- Doherty dropping in to the back three, sort of to give them more options there would be that would maybe be helpful for us. I saw your tweets last week about breaking down Shea Gordon's goal up at Forfar. It was yeah. Do you have a, a breakdown, a similar breakdown to Peter Head's goal at the weekend where it went wrong for us? Yeah, well, I thought to be honest, like uh, I thought uh, our goal at Forfar um, was uh, was I thought it was a really nice move. Um, you can find that on my Twitter if you want to have a closer look. But this one, I mean, it was a bit of a shocker to concede. Really, it was it was a catalogue of errors. So started out with um, we had Brownlee kind of he was out in a sort of wide kind of the right back position. Uh, he clears up the line to Cardo, and then Cardo. Kind of instead of taking the safe option, he sort of plays it back into Doherty. But Doherty's got men all around him, and he basically, before he even can control it, he's uh, he's been tackled. And what you then see is Brownlee panics, and he, sh- and he uh, shoots out, and he, he comes out to kind of try and intercept it, make a make an interception, a tackle, and basically he totally misses it. If you go back and watch the highlights, it's quite it's not the best, and um, he totally misses it, and that just leaves a big gap behind him. So they play it into this gap, uh, and. We're just panicking. So Senna goes to tackle. He misses. He, he makes the tackle, but he kind of he fumbles it a bit. Doesn't control it. They take that. They play it out. They play it out to the right to their number eight, Scott Brown, who puts it away, and it's one 0 one 0 Peter Head. And um, it was a it was a pretty bad one to concede. I don't think Ian McCall will be happy with it at all. We've spoken about the substitutions on the podcast this week. Obviously, we're just talking about them from almost a fan's view, just not too in depth. Just a rough guiding performance and if we agreed on them. Tactically, did you agree with the substitutions? Do you think, can you see why McCall made them? I'm not going to lie, I was a bit scunnered by some of it. Um, 
I thought I really wanted to. Well, at halftime, I was saying to my dad, I was saying I really want um, I really want Rodden to get get some minutes here because I think we need something a bit different. And he's quite a tenacious player. To be honest, I thought Graham was having a bit of a shocker, and I would have I would have, I would have happily taken Graham off and uh, on for to bring Rodden on. But fair enough, he was wanting to keep the he was wanting two strikers in the pitch, but. I don't know. I'm not too sure about the players he was bringing off. Like I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been taking Bannigan off there. I thought doing okay to be honest. I thought he, he's the probably one of our better players in possession. And I think when you're trying to get a goal, you need to be you need to be solid in possession. So I wasn't I wasn't too keen on the subs, but I don't want to don't want to get on at the manager too much. But I think um, it was that was maybe maybe a mistake there taking off Bannigan. Chris, that was all very interesting. Thanks very much for your time. No worries, thank you. Jamie, can I ask you about while well, we're going just back to the attacking? A guy that's not getting a run of games, Blair Lyons, and I know McCall's come out and said he struggled to adapt to full time football, and he's had maybe one or two off the field issues as well. But it was how must he be feeling sitting on the bench, seeing two left backs play down the left wing, and at what stage do we just say he might be struggling, but he cannot be any worse? I don't know if this sounds stupid, but they said, oh, he's struggling to adapt to full-time football. I mean, yeah, that might be the case, but didn't he play well in this league on part-time football last season? So, I mean, why why, why are we not playing him? I just don't get it. We're not creating enough. He's someone who's got double figures last season. I'm not sure what his assists were like, but I'm sure they weren't bad. He's just someone that we could use in that team, and I think he's a player who would he would play better if he was starting instead of coming off the bench. I don't feel he's an impact sub. He's a player who's there from the start, who can you know, slowly build his way into a game, take on a man, create something. And w- w- he must be just like, what? why have I signed here? Why have I signed here? Just to rot away on the bench. That's all he's done all season, making 15-minute cameos. I mean, there's absolutely no point. He's just, he's not, he doesn't have enough time to build into games with these cameos. When Mate, everyone, bench. everyone's so quick to get on Blair Lang's back as well. Like, it gets 15 minutes every week. What you what you actually want him to do, he came on today and the actual first thing he'd done was played a good wee through ball into Richard Foster inside the box. And Foster's cross wasn't great. I think we won a corner from it. But as Jamie said, he's came here and he's not even getting a chance. And then, did you not see the one where he's in the corner flag? He's got three Peter Head players around him and not one option. And people go, oh, he's done, he's done nothing. He's a sand dancer. He's this, he's that. What else is he meant to do? Give him a, give him a run of games. Let's. We can't do any worse. David, just moving on. Obviously, Ian McCall's future is probably going to be a big topic in the coming weeks. How much pressure is he under? I know it's probably not realistic to be talking about him getting sacked just due to the, the situation this season, but how much longer is he going to get away, not away with it, but go through this season relatively pressure-free? I mean, it's a bit difficult because I think the problem is is that 
you can't get rid of him now and expect someone to turn around, create a brand new, um, brand new system or anything they can get his wins and things. I just don't think it's feasible for us to be able to do that. And especially give them time to buy stuff, you know, buy players in the January window, which is a ludicrous statement to be making. The idea that we know we need to buy in January because we spent most of the weeks before the season started going on about how we had this amazing super squad for League One and we had so much depth. We don't need to buy anybody. We're happy with the squad and all that. But the amount of time it will take you to kind of reinvent the system and get these players to understand the system and, you know, play with it and get up to scratch. By that time, you're going to be well behind. I, I, I think he has, at the very least, until the end of the season. But at, at that point, like, if you're not a, if, if you're not a league one... Now, I, I will say, as, as you mentioned, I'm one of the more calmer people on this podcast. I'm, I'm one of the people who's not utterly raging about his being in League One. It's, you know, it's not what we want, but you know, it's a league to play and stuff like that. I'm not as incandescently raging as everybody else about being in League One. And even then, everyone's like, League One, we must get out straight away. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's the end of the world if we do, don't get out, same as like, you know, Falkirk this season. And I know that's a, an unpopular opinion, but even I would be like... If you can't get out, there needs to be questions asked as to why. It's not even necessarily a case of immediate sacking if we don't get out. I think at that point, you need to be looking at it and go, why did we not get out? What went wrong? And and put those questions on him and say to McCall, your system that you put in, why is it not got out of League One? Can you identify the problems and can you fix them? And if he can identify the problems, if he has the, the courage of conviction to stand up and go, I didn't get it right this is why and turn it around and have a plan to go forward and this seems utterly ludicrous to be saying this in December that we're talking about end of the season McCall having to justify us not getting out of the league but at, at that point like you, you have to look at it I think one of the problems is for ourselves is we, we're at, we are in a rut and it, it's, it's really hard to identify where the rut is it's not players are shite the manager is shite it's nothing to do with that you can't even look at the the club as a whole because there's been lots of great stuff that they have been doing and it, it, it's it's a total mystery but this can't this can't continue it, we can't just sit and watch this all season watch this slog I mean the thing that gets me about it is, is as you mentioned like teams parking the bus and grinding at a result, right? And we we don't seem to be able to play against that. We're literally in League One. This is the McGill's bus depot of parking buses in a league, especially against us. And we just don't seem to be able to play against it, which is just bizarre. Because surely, I think if you asked anybody, any Thistle fan or any Scottish football fan before we went in League One, sum up how League One teams will play against us. They went, oh, they'll park the bus, they'll put men behind the ball, and they'll make it really hard for you, and they'll make the break. Because that's exactly what it's going to be. And we just don't seem to be able to do anything about it. And it's just, something does need to change. What? Lord knows. I, I, I don't know. See, see this season, I think something that hasn't been mentioned, which is a dreadful start, is our home record has been appalling. I mean, it's been mentioned sometimes, but I don't think it's been, been made as big a deal as it is. We've taken just, just over 50% of possible points at home. I mean, that's terrible. That's a terrible record. We've got the biggest budget in this league. I mean, we've come down from the championship. We should be. We want to be title challengers, yet we're taking just over 50% of the points from our home games. For how we should have made that a fortress. I said that at the start of the season. We need to make sure we are dropping minimum points at home. 
Like it's unacceptable to be dropping points at home, and obviously we'll drop a few like John against Falkirk games like that, or maybe lose one game at home. But you know, we've now we've lost at home against Peterhead. We've drawn now now with Barton. We've drawn with Falkirk. The Falkirk draw is the only acceptable time out of them. I said to drop points, but. These points were dropping at home. I mean, it's terrible. And the games we've lost at home, I don't think have been moments of like individual like mistakes. It's just been shitty team performances, failure to put the ball in the back of the net, and it's just it's so frustrating. That is a terrible record. We've we've got a grand total of eight points out of a possible fifteen. I think I think that's it. Yeah, eight points out of fifteen we've got at home, and that's absolutely terrible. What concerns me, Jamie, is you're absolutely right. It's a terrible home record. McCall has been coming out in recent weeks, up until today, saying we are good at home and. We've not really had a properly dominant 90 minutes. We were good in flashes against these five. We had lots of the ball and lots of chances against them, Barton, but couldn't convert them. But I wouldn't say we've been magnificent at home. It's been what you'd expect. Teams parking the bus. And good luck to them. It is, as David said, I thought David made a lot of good points. This is what you're going to get in the league, and it's up to us to find ways to beat them. And we can't do that. I think what I'm getting frustrated with McCall is and I know a lot of fans are frustrated because he's got two assistant managers as well. As well, His transfers were, he'd give the transfer window a 9 out of 10, but when it comes to the player performance and the tactics and the substitutions, the system's not working, and then you look at the players that are performing well, Senna's probably been our best player so far, but McCall sort of stumbled across him. He was the fourth or fifth choice centre-back, and it wasn't like a great spot for McCall to play him. It was luck, and I think that's what's frustrating me. You're right, like McCall is got to come under pressure because as I've seen Manpreet's tweeting that saying that if it's any other manager bar a party for some man then the pressure would really be on and that is true like McCall does get extra leeway because of how much a fizzle man he is and how well he speaks about the club and all that sort of stuff you know what I mean um, it could have been said for Calder the way he speaks about the club like Calder always was a good speaker like the stuff that Calder would tell you like I can see his plans I can see his vision that's how Calder got the fizzle job but the talking has to be done on the pitch. You, you can't come out with all this stuff and say, oh, I'm going to make this club great again. I'm going to bring back the happy days. Zach Rudden will be a hero for this club when it's not working. Do you know what I mean? Like, There's only so much time you can keep saying that. Do you know what I mean? And it's getting to the point where we're losing to part-time clubs. We're dropping down the league. It's still early days, so I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to call out whatever. I'm still backing them. And the players, the players haven't been good enough either. It's just... It's laborious, it's lacklustre, it's slow every week. I, I don't know what, how we can go about changing it, but changes are needed starting next week. Returning to the podcast for a second appearance of the season is Falkirk fan and journalist Robbie Copeland to preview Boxing Day's game against Falkirk. So now I'm joined by uh, Robbie Copeland from 90 Min and Daily Record, also a Falkirk fan. Um, Robbie, hello. How are oh, you? Hello, David. How's it going, man? I'm not too bad. And this this um, interview takes a starkly different tone from what it would have been if I met, uh, asked you yesterday to do it, which would have been quite funny um, <laughs> if, if we'd done that. Yeah, so obviously this is done on the Sunday. Uh, today, Falkirk, their first loss of the season after a 1-0 defeat at Airdrie. Robbie, obviously going into the, the, the Boxing Day game, the big Texas death match, Falkirk v Thistle, we'd all marked it in the cards as this is this is the one. The title race starts. And um, 
it's became even more spicy after today's result. What, how how do you how do you think the Falkirk team has shaped up recently? Obviously, you've went eight games unbeaten until today. Your general summation? I think we've been good, um, but I think like there's been this thing where like people look from the outside looking in, see the results, and they think we're this sort of this oh you know they're incredible, like, they're this really good team, no one can beat them or whatever. I haven't really seen that in their performances, um, so I think we were maybe due a bit of a reality check at some point. Uh, don't get me wrong, we have been good, we've been fine, we've been better than almost everyone we've played, but we haven't been, I don't think we've been that dominant, so like I was saying to you before we started, um, I kind of thought going into today with the pressure being on, we used having lost yesterday, we might have dropped points, um, and that obviously came to pass, so uh, no, but no, don't get me wrong, not... Um, not overreacting to today's result. Uh, I think it's it, it was poor, but uh, you know it was inevitable at some point we were going to drop points. Um, to Airdrie, two two to their credit, looked like the best team we played in the league by an absolute mile today. So uh, no, I can't overreact. Uh, you know we've, we've been good, we've been fine, um, and I think we probably still will win the league. So I carry. I'm, I'm not going to overreact to one bad result. But yeah, I'd give us seven and a half out of ten so far. Yeah, I think we we were talking about this, and I I found it to be slightly like I, if anything, the Peterhead result yesterday was even more frustrating, on the on the basis that you know if we had beaten Peterhead yesterday, and then this happened, and then we beat you um on Boxing Day, your level on points and the race is wide open as as it stands. If we if we beat you next week, it would be down to three points, which is still in our hands to be fair at that point, yeah. which I think. I think one of the worries for Fistle fans was when are Falkirk going to lose? Because it would be a case of we, we ultimately need you to drop points and it just didn't look like you were going to drop points. Again, not because you were in some sort of invincible team that were just unbeatable or anything, but you're just on a string of good luck yeah. and you know you were putting in performances that got points that ultimately we weren't. I think that really has lifted a bit of a weight off Fistle fans' shoulders knowing that you know they have dropped points, they are they are fallible, if you know what I mean, and like, yeah, I, I think we'll give them a real boon. Um, obviously, the Boxing Day game is by far and above the biggest game of the season so far. And do do you see it as a a, a title decider? I know it's only December, but uh, it's not a decider because I think uh, I think a decider would be if either team wins it, they're in the driving seat to win the league. And all due respect, like, I think if you beat us on Boxing Day, unless you absolutely pump us, um which I don't see us really getting pumped by anybody other than Rangers. Um, I think we'll still be the favourites after Boxing Day. Um, I don't know how you feel that. You might think if you beat us, the momentum's your way, and it's then sort of like in your hands. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't see it as being a decider. Um, I think it's maybe a must-not-lose for both teams kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think if you do win, then all of a sudden it is wide open again. If we win, I think the gap is then pretty sort of not unassailable yet. But it is pretty unlikely that we're going to drop, you know, seven more points or whatever it is than you for the end of the season kind of thing. So, uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call. I think it's too early to be calling things a decider. Um, but it is a shortened season, and uh, you know that is basically after that we only play one more time. So it is. It is huge. It's absolutely massive for both teams. One of my worries about the game is like when you see like Falkirk Fistle games in the past, quite recently, like. And especially like in League One, like it's not. I I don't think it's going to be a blood and thunder game. I think it's going to be quite a boring game where like one team has a chance and takes it. 
probably yeah. Falkirk, to be honest. I don't see it. Like, you, I think you kind of get hyped up for these games, and you're like, oh, they're going to go at it. There's going to be tackles, flying cards, you know, goals all over the place. And uh, I, I don't. I think it's just going to be two stodgy teams being stodgy. And I think both teams will go into it. Like, what, I, I don't. I don't want this to happen by any means. But I think both teams will win it when it's in the back of their minds. Okay, we can't lose this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was. It was kind of the same at Fur Hill in the earlier game. Um, well, I know that was two each, but like it kind of did fit a lot of the stuff that you've just said there. It was a very flattering two each. It was a really good game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was. It was very, very, very sort of. The goals came in sort of spells here and there, and it was quite disjointed and quite like it seemed like two teams just kind of getting their feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one might be better because uh, both teams sort of have got into a bit of rhythm now. Uh, but no, I, I think I agree. I don't think it's going to be this uh, huge fucking box office game, especially with uh, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be one of the kind of highlight games on the calendar that day, um, and those tend to be the ones that don't end, actually end up being that good. <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those things where you, I think people just get hyped into it, and then it's just, it's never going to live up to what you have in your head. Um, no, because most games don't. You know what I mean? Like most most games, at, at, certainly this level, most games are sort of turgid. So it's like playing the odds. It is probably going to be a shit game. Yeah. most games are shit. Right? It's weird as it sounds to be, you know, talking about a League One game and during a pandemic with nobody there. You kind of play the occasional wee bit in the sense that you know yeah. the gravitas of the game, and yeah, it kind of never, it never lends itself to entertainment, so to speak. Because obviously this is a way at Falkirk Stadium. The first game is at Firhill. Obviously, you've got um, Falkirk TV uh, that are streaming the games. What are your thoughts on the Falkirk um, games in terms of the presentation online? Is it pixel art? Is it you know, are we going to be falling bald heads about or what? <laughs> uh, there's there's issues. Don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, the thing that this bugged me the most about it, and it's been raised to them quite a few times, and they've not, they haven't seemed to fix it, is that like they go so heavy on the replays. Like, I think the the replay function <laughs> is something that they've just got. Do you know what I mean? So if I'm watching a game, the replay I want, I want replays for the goals and like a good chance or like, a red card tackle. Beyond that, I just want to watch the game. But like quite a few times um, in every single game. There'll be like the commentators will be like, oh, the defenders lost the ball, whatever. But then the feed is shown a replay of a fucking shot on target that you've already seen. And you're like, what? So what's going on? Let me see it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's been problems uh, problems with the sound and stuff. Um, generally, it's fine. You know, you, you will get to watch the game in decent quality um, with commentary that I don't think is too bad. Uh, obviously, a bit sort of one sided what you got to do. It's a club's partisan um, commentary. But, uh, yeah. We got rid of the uh, the guy who was a co-commentator in our championship season, who was a bit of an idiot. Um, and it tends to now be Lewis Connolly and like some kind of ex-player, like it was uh, Andy Rogers today, uh, before it's been like Sammy McGivern. Um, so uh, the, the presentation in general tends to be good. I think it's more like technical problems and production problems, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not bad. You know what I mean? You won't come away thinking you've been absolutely robbed of your uh, fourteen pound or whatever it is. Yeah, I, it's not. It's not going to be. Um... Paying twelve pound fifty to forfer for like no. to watch a paper plate runabout and stuff like that. I I don't think it'll be that bad, but yeah, with no commentary no, as well. Yeah, oh that's good. Um, who do you think is going to be the key the key man for Falkirk in this game? Who who do you think is going to make the difference? See now now you're asking me because uh, if you asked me last night, I would have told you it would be Blair Alston or Callum Morrison, but we um inexplicably decided to drop the two of them today, despite them being fit. Um, I, I can't tell you what happened there. I know Charlie Telford's been on a bit of a running midfield, so he looks quite good. Um, 
But to drop Alston and Connolly, who I think are two best players uh, by a mile, I could have got, I could have maybe got away with dropping one of them. Um, but they are like our two best players, and so to drop them both um, was quite crazy. But uh, hopefully they'll both be back in to face you, and if they are, then I think we'll score a goal or two. Um, and you've also potentially got Aidan Keener returning, who hasn't actually played since the League Cup games. Um, right. But he looks really good. So uh, if you see any combination of the three of them on the pitch, I think uh, they would be the players to watch. Uh, yeah, because uh, y- you could maybe understand if it was like, not to be disrespectful to Montrose or Peterhead, but like a sort of a Peterhead or a, a sort of a Clyde or like a team that are like down to like eighth, ninth, tenth to be dropping them in preparation for the big Boxing Day clash. Yeah. But it's Airdrie who are probably going to be up there as well. They're probably at the very least going to be in a playoff place. Like it seems very. Yeah, it was, it was strange. Don't get me wrong. I think Morrison has he started like an absolute. Like we were talking about this in the last pod I was on. He started like an. He looked like he was like a Premiership player playing in League One. You know, he looked yeah. incredible. We've kind of come off it a bit recently. Um, so I kind of got dropping him because we've got two good wingers in Robbie Leach and Aidan Connolly. Um, and Blair Alston had been dropped last week to fit Charlie Telford into the team because Telford is playing incredibly. So like I could have got kind of maybe dropping one of them, but to drop both, I think the threat they carry is, is like collectively huge. So to drop them both, I just thought was bizarre. Um, and maybe a wee sign of a wee bit of naivety for Miller and McCracken and maybe just not giving Airdrie the respect that should have got. Um, and they took full advantage of that, to be fair. Um, so I'd be very surprised if one or both don't return for Boxing Day. There you go. Um, and finally, um, two pre- uh, two predictions. Uh, well, you get you still can get a prediction of this. Well, first of all, do, who do you think is going to win the league, Falkirk or Thistle? I'd look. I'd be. I'd be kidding myself on just now if I say I don't think Falkirk are likely to win the league because I do think we just look like the best team like in the league. I know. I know you're resurgent and stuff, but I'd said before the season that it was going to come down to who got off to the faster start. And mm-hmm. um, with it being a shortened season and whatever, you know, the first third of the season is a third of the season. Um. So. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be us. Like logically, I don't think that's getting ahead of myself. Um. But I don't know. It's it's not a foregone conclusion yet, you know, and it won't be after Boxing Day whoever wins. No, I mean I remember you mentioning in the last pod about how Rafe Rovers were kind of coasting for quite a bit, and then by the time the lockdown came, you were I think what well, you would have possibly overtaken them if they'd played another game yeah. or two or whatever. So it is doable, but no, so I, no, I totally understand that. I, I, I agree to be honest. The Falkirk yet yeah, definitely have been the best team in the league so far. And um, finally, on a more sort of uh, macro level, so to speak, um, a prediction for the score on Saturday. Oh Christ! Uh, <laughs> I got this right last time. I called two two last time. So, uh, but take my predictions with a pinch of salt. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with another draw. I'll go one each. I am. I'm. I'm inclined to agree. I, mean, I don't think it's another late Falkirk equaliser. I think uh, would would do very nicely. Connor Salmon, no doubt. Connor Salmon getting equaliser. Well, you know, I, I think I scored him the last time I was on. Um, but he's come on to a game since. Like, and uh, weirdly enough, I was listening to the commentary today, and uh, Connor Salmon is the fastest Falkirk player according to the Bleak Test, <laughs> which I cannot believe. Um, I just I can't get my head around that one. But apparently he's quite deceptive with quick. So uh, I'm I'm very much a high bar on Connor Salmon. I loved him when he played for us. Um, I yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, talking to to Mark recently, uh, Mark Wallace on the podcast, and he um like he he was saying that uh, when he signed for us at the start of last season, he would have taken him back at Thistle. Yeah. And uh, the champion. Definitely. 
can't blame that. I mean, he's a good, probably a good enough striker. He's been off the boil a bit for the last six months or so. So, any any person that inspires fans to take free dead fish to Palmerston Park in tribute definitely has my support. That takes some doing. Like, yeah, he could, I probably couldn't do that if he tried to be fair. Yeah, either <laughs> there were big fucking things and he just left them in the car park. It was wild. But um, <laughs> thank you very much, Robbie, uh, for that. Um, good luck for the rest of the season. Well, maybe not, but you know what yeah. I mean. Cab has got in touch on Twitter to say what do we change? Uh, the formation, the lineup, what do you think is the best starting eleven? And Robert Mudge has also asked, is it time to, to drop Graham? Jamie, where do you want to see the changes made next week? Uh drop Connor Murray, put in the Lions start him off. If Zach Rudden's fit, I'd start him. Foster's not been bad, but ju- just because I, I think we need to go more attack, and I put Penrice back into left back, I take Foster off, and I'd play two up top to put Zach Rudden in alongside Brian Graham from the start to see it. Because we need to get early goals. We can't just be true. If we end up going in at half time now, now I never feel fully confident we're going to come out the second half and score. I mean, it's been how many times this season? I mean, I know we were in, down one now, but. How many times this season have we failed to score at half-time? There's barely been any times this season we've scored in the first half. How many times have we actually done it in the league? I mean, we scored a penalty against East Five, And what once against Montreal. I think that's the only two times we've done it. I mean, oh, it's just been so so poor, our first-half performances. We just cannot get it in the back of the net. Even even though we start positive, we never score. So I think playing two up top and starting blue lines next week, we bang, we've got to do that. Probably keep the rest the same. I agree with you, Jamie. I think the the four four one one that we've seen with Foster at left back and Penrice on the left hand side of midfield, it was a good stopgap. But I think it's run its course, and I think if we are going to get back into the league, Penrice needs to be back at left back, and that will possibly stop the reliance on Williamson and Cardell down the right and make us make us a bit less easy to work out. And if we go to up front with Rudden and Graham, I think I think that is the way that we need to go to to really make put a mark on the league and start as you say, scoring goals in the first half, getting games killed off. David, what changes do you want to see next week? David, just coming to you last, what changes would you like to see made to the side next week? Um, I have to echo um, the sentiments made earlier. We, we don't have a number 10, so we need two up front. We need uh, someone else to sort of get chances into the box and, and do something with it. We can't just rely on Graham. Uh, again, as mentioned, um, I'm fearful of the idea of Zach Rodden playing on a plastic pitch. Um, we, Penrice needs to be in for Foster left back. We can't just sit passing in triangles and then lumping crosses in against teams of like six players in the box. It's just not going to work. And we, we, need, to, we need to figure out another way. And we only have six days to do it. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. But we, we, we really need Penrice at left back, Rodden and Graham up front to kind of counteract the fact that we don't have an attacking midfielder. And, ju- and just something, man. Just something. Right, to finish up this week, I'm going to come round all of you. One more dancers. Jamie, can we win the league? Yes, but very unlikely. That was three words. Reese, one word answer. Can we win the league? <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't, I can't do it in one word. But that's that's Falkirk, more than one word. Falkirk lose and we beat them next week. Yes, but if not, no. David, can we win the league? Yes. Go on. I'm going to say no. I'll come back round you now. But another one-word answer. Jamie, can we get promoted this season? Yes. Reese. Aye. Aye, we'll scud Queen of the South in the playoffs. David? 
Well, we're winning the league, so of course I can get promoted. Yes. I'm going to say yes as well. Five five out of five, we can get promoted this season. At draw, lose or draw, we know that loneliness has been a huge issue this year. So you might have seen on our social media in the last couple of weeks, we are hosting a Zoom call on Christmas Day from 6.30 to 7.30pm. This is a chance for any Thistle fan or beyond. You can tell anyone you like. If you are feeling a bit lonely or you just want a chat or you want to come on for a laugh, myself, David, who's on the podcast most weeks, and Mark Wallace, Thistle fan, who you might know, are going to host a Zoom call. You can join. We'll have a chat about Thistle, anything you want. If you would like to join this, send us a direct message and we'll provide you the passwords to the Zoom meeting and we hope to see as many there as possible to try and bring a smile to people's faces on Christmas. As always, thank you for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. We'll be back with the first of our 12 Days of Archie series on Christmas Day, looking back on the win at Airdrie and the promotion season. We'll then be back the following week to look back on our game away at Falkirk and preview our home game against Clyde. Stay safe and wear a mask.